Welcome to a Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition Symposium podcast, which marks this September 2022 as National Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. I'm Jordan Rich, and joining me today, Dr. Michael Lutz from the Michigan Institute of Urology and Craig Reiner, a former Navy pilot and a prostate cancer survivor. Craig, why don't you begin by sharing a bit of your personal story with us? Uh, Well, I was uh, active duty military going back 10 years now. At age 40, we started getting in the military, at least uh, in in my service, we were getting uh, PSA tests. I I didn't know what a PSA was, didn't even look at it, uh, in a blood test. Uh, First year, and and this after my diagnosis, it it became more apparent of what those numbers meant. Uh, But in my first first test at age 40, it was a 0.7. My number went to 0.8 at age 41, and at age 42, it was a 2.4. Drastic uptick. Uh, My flight surgeon at the time, who was not a urologist, obviously, more of a general med kind of guy, definitely told me, said, hey, that's a a big number increase. However, it's below the threshold. I'm not an expert. Uh, I'd like to send you an expert. I'm like, sure thing. So I went to a civilian doctor um, in town. Uh, a urologist who had the same message, so to speak, no family history, young, healthy, not a big number, but definitely an increase, said that many, many things could contribute to that. Uh, it might be just this time we could watch it. He said the, the only way to truly know is get a biopsy. And I was told that it's not fun. At the time, I was a single father of, of two children. Uh, my eldest uh, son has a, a rare genetic disorder, it's called Creedishall syndrome, that will need care for the rest of his life. And I'm like, well, I can't guess at this point, I need to know. So the biopsy was the, uh, the ultimate answer. So went in, got my biopsy, went back for the results uh, two weeks later, fully expecting it to be negative. Doc sat me down and said, I fully expected this to be negative as well, but you have prostate cancer. And then he went on to explain the Gleason score and all of uh, all of that. And so I asked him when my surgery was. He looked at me and said, well, that's pretty presumptuous. What uh, what makes you think that uh, you need surgery? I'm going, well, I'm 40, 42, doc. What do you think I've been doing for the last two weeks? Researching it. Hmm. And at my age, there really was uh, the the way and the path forward for, for me was to have surgery and and have it removed. It's quite a story, Craig, with a positive outcome and a good dose of inspiration. We'll hear more about that. Dr. Michael Lutz is with the Michigan Institute of Urology, and this is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. Let's talk about where we are medically. You know, before uh, prostatic-specific antigen blood tests were developed in 1979, uh, we did not diagnose prostate cancer in early stage. In fact, over half of the times we diagnosed prostate cancer when it was already out of the prostate or metastatic in the bones of the individual. So PSA screening in 1979, when it came into the forefront, changed the world. And since that time, we've been fine-tuning the role of prostate cancer screening, which has been the form thrust of my entire practice ever since I started in practice in 1986. And then we developed Prostate Cancer Awareness Week, and now we are celebrating Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. And why we celebrate this is because we are now finding ways to better diagnose men more appropriately and more judiciously without torturing them in the process. Now, Craig's story is incredible in the sense that he was so young at the time of his diagnosis, but we now know 
that more and more prostate cancers are being diagnosed at earlier ages, uh, particularly men who are at risk. Uh, he alluded to the fact that he does not have a family history, uh, but he may be at risk if he was a pilot uh, flying a jet. And so we now know that there's a risk factor for these individuals who fly jets. Uh, we also know that if you're a man of African descent, uh, you're at risk. And these are important factors to take into consideration. And we also know that if the PSA moves at a certain velocity, that's a, that's a kind of a warning sign. And he's now a member of a club that he didn't choose to be a member of, being a prostate cancer survivor. And it takes a lot of care and consideration to walk an individual through this process so that they can better be armed with the tools that they need to survive this as gracefully and as healthy as possible. I certainly must follow up. What is the connection between pilots and those in the military and, and an increased risk of prostate and perhaps other cancer? The feeling is that there's higher radiation exposure up in the higher atmosphere and that there's not enough protection for our pilots in this, in, in this region. Um, we know that going back to the days of Agent Orange in Vietnam, that those men that were exposed to Agent Orange had higher grade prostate cancers and a higher incidence of prostate cancer and a higher death rate from their prostate cancers. So our concern now are looking at uh, flight pilots. And uh, I know that there are a number of organizations that are now looking into this to not only screen these individuals more aggressively, but also to offer them more services uh, after the diagnosis is made. Craig, do you have a thought on that as well? Certainly, the, the radiation. Um, I mean, you're up in thinner air, you're getting more radiation, you're, you're exposed. Um, and in combat airplanes, depending on the airplane that you're flying, you are certainly getting more radiation from the aircraft itself. For us, we had a radar mere feet from, from my feet. Uh, we were constantly bombarded by radar from the ships, from uh, other aircraft. Uh, I certainly think that's a contributor. You know, we did countless and countless runs against each other where we're locking each other up with high-powered radar. Uh, we used to run combat protection for EA-6, which is a high, high, it's essentially electronic warfare. And they were there to protect us for combat missions and emitting massive amounts of, of uh, RF, all kinds of radiation coming out of the front of that aircraft. Certainly think that's a, a contributor. Obviously, the sun is a huge, huge thing and uh, what comes through the atmosphere. And when you're up in the air, you're, you're just getting bombarded. Craig, you went through an ordeal that uh, none of us want to go through, but you did it and survived and are now thriving. But how did the, uh, the whole experience change your life and the mission you have now? It's, uh, that's, it's funny that you ask that. So I, and, and Doc, you, you hit the nail on the head. I was a F-18 pilot, so combat military jet pilot, top of the world, um, top of my game. No idea that this even really existed at the time. Um, caught me. Um, but I, I got to be honest with you, uh, Jordan, it, it didn't phase me. It was, a, it was a, another step in my life uh, to overcome. I took it head on. I got my biopsy. I asked the doc when, when my surgery was, and he he kind of said, well, don't you want your options? And I, and I knew what my options were. So I was scheduled for surgery and was in for my prostate uh, prostatectomy two weeks later. I got to be honest with you, it, it, at least in my, my position, it was, it was very easy. It was an easy choice. It was for, for the better of me, but also the better of my family. 
right. make sure I was going to be around for a long time. And I, I look back and, and I look at it and it was a blip in my life. It was large in the sense that it could kill me, I guess, if it went undetected, but I did detect it, took it head on. And, and here I am, if you want to call it cured. Terrific example of somebody who does meet things head on in that quote unquote Top Gun approach to life. And Dr. Lutz, uh, he's a remarkable guy, and he's here to advocate for other guys. And one does not need to be an F-15 pilot, though, to uh, step up to the challenge. What advice do you have for guys like Craig or guys who are in their 70s who are, have never faced anything like this? Well, the first thing is knowledge is power, and you have to know your numbers. So the first thing you do is you go get screened. And if you're at risk, you definitely should get screened. And we already alluded to the fact that if you're uh, uh, in the military and you've been exposed uh, to uh, being a pilot or Agent Orange and the Vietnam veterans, or if you're a man of African descent or you have a family history, you're at increased risk. And you should go get checked. And if your numbers are not in the normal range or they're starting to rise, you should get an expert opinion to ascertain, do you need additional tests? And since uh, the early 2000s, we now have developed liquid biopsy blood tests that can actually help facilitate knowing who needs to get a biopsy and who does not. And also the development of multiparametric MRIs to help us image prostates better, knowingly to diagnose clinically significant prostate cancers versus the indolent variety that we do not want to diagnose and put a member, uh, put an individual inside a a club that they didn't choose to be part of to be watching something that you didn't need to even know about. So our goal in general is to try and fine tune who gets screened, who gets biopsied, who gets treated. Uh, there are over 3 million men in the United States on active surveillance right now with prostate cancer. And we try and use this as a category like trying to follow it like hypertension. We don't want people to think about their diagnosis every day as a prostate cancer survivor. And so that's one of our jobs, uh, to actually counsel men through this process of active surveillance and how to watch it properly and knowingly when to intervene when treatment is indicated. Again, it's worth emphasizing, doctor, that this past two-decade period has been remarkable in terms of medical advances, et cetera. Without a doubt. In fact, uh, as of January, there was an approval uh, by the FDA for a new scan called the PSMA scan. This is probably the most revolutionary advance in prostate cancer detection and management. This scan is able to pick up all the prostate cancer cells in your body that make PSA. And when administered, it can detect whether the prostate cancer is present, whether it is outside of the prostate, and if it is outside of the prostate, where it is in your body. And so we are now using this scan at the time of diagnosis, and we're also using this scan at the time of a recurrence or relapse uh, and how to manage the individual. So this is a true advance in prostate cancer diagnosis and management. Craig, back to your role as an advocate. Tell me how that plays out in your life, how men and, and others can learn from you and how you actually do it. Do you speak to groups, individuals? How does it work? Really, it's been mostly individuals and that's, that, that are part of my life. Uh, it started with my brothers, <laughs> hmm. and uh, it, it has grown since then to really anyone I touch that's over the age of 40. I'm, I'm pretty blunt in my approach. I, I asked. You know, what are you guys doing for prostate cancer? Like, what have you had tests? Do you even know what it is? Do you know what a PSA is? Do you, 
Um, and, and now, Doc, that's that's just amazing that there's more technology out there where where this can be detected and determined whether the whether somebody really needs to go uh, and get surgery or implants or whatnot. Yeah, one of the things that's incredible that Craig just talked about is is telling your family about your diagnosis. One of the things we've learned in running our prostate cancer survivorship series uh, that it's very difficult and that every individual of the family actually accepts the diagnosis differently, whether it's your spouse or your siblings or your parents or your children, everybody understands it and interacts with it very differently. So it's really challenging as a prostate cancer survivor to tell this story and communicate with these individuals because you don't know how they're going to react and they all react differently. And so that is part of our journey that we work on through our survivorship series is to bring in the entire family, to include them as part of this discussion so that we can all move on together as one unit. This is the best time in terms of testing and diagnostics, and it'll only get better. What message do you have for those men out there who have said, "Ah, I don't need a doctor, I don't want to go and hear the bad news? What do you tell them? Well, just by putting your head in a bucket of sand doesn't make it go away. And if you can catch this disease early, then you get to make all the choices. If you catch this disease later in stages of the disease, you make no choices. All the choices are made for you. And so if you want to be an active participant, if you want to be in control of your life, if you want to be in control of any decisions, you need to check yourself early, get the PSA early and find this disease early, then you get to make all of the choices as to how to proceed. And you as a medical professional have more tools in the toolkit than ever to help people. Without a doubt. Uh, we have many different types of tests that are available that can minimize the aggressiveness. You know, it used to be a knee-jerk reflex, elevate a PSA, get a biopsy. Those days are over. Uh, if you have an elevated PSA, there's many ways to determine before we go to a biopsy, is that really indicated? And so I think that nowadays, uh, there is really no reason why a man shouldn't get checked, get screened, and then make the determination what the next step is. And Doc, this is for you. Um, other than uh, the, the PSA, which is the baseline, um, you know, getting your baseline and then follow on PSA tests, what what advances have happened since since I've been diagnosed, which was, you know, 10, 10, 10 plus years ago. Is that still the best, the best indicator in the, in the short term? There are a couple of tests. Uh, there's a urine test called Exosome DX. Uh, there's two blood tests, one called Opco4K score. There's a third blood test that's now called the uh, ISO PSA that was developed in partnership with the Cleveland Clinic. All of these tests, urine and or blood tests, now can tell you our increased risk for harboring a clinically significant prostate cancer. These are the ones that can tell you, do you need to go to the next step? Do you need to go ahead and get an MRI? And then if the MRI is positive, do you need to get a fusion biopsy? And that algorithm has worked incredibly well and has actually saved a lot of men unnecessary tests and procedures because sometimes the PSA can falsely elevate. Uh, sometimes the PSA is just elevated and there's nothing clinically significant going on. So these types of adjunctive tests can actually help us determine how to proceed safely and really easily for an individual so that we don't actually torture them in the process.
Craig, I'll ask you, what message do you have for all people out there during this very important awareness month? I think it's it's very clear that uh, just uh, uh, simple tests at this point could could save your life and and a lot of heartache in your family and um, and people that that you care about. And it, and it's so simple. It just it's just awareness, really. A low-cost uh, option to be able to catch such a high-level disease at an early stage that's very curable. Thank you to two terrific guests, Dr. Michael Lutz from the Michigan Institute of Urology and Craig Reiner, an American hero, a former Navy pilot, prostate cancer survivor, and now an advocate for the importance of screening and early detection. I thank them both for their informative and inspiring conversation part of the MPCC podcast series marking National Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. This podcast has been brought to you in part by Blue Earth Diagnostics. To learn more about MPCC and its events, resources, other podcasts, and to join the organization, please go to www.masspcc.org. I'm Jordan Rich. Thanks for listening and be well.